Good morning, sir. I'll be your guide for the day. Tifa? You're our guide? I sure am. You can ask anyone around here. I'm the best there is. You could get hurt. Not if you remember to do your job, she won't. Come on. Hello there, and welcome to episode 84 of the video game podcast, Between the Joysticks. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by my co-host, John. Now, John, we did it. Yes. We have a new name. We are official. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you might not be able to find us on certain uh, avenues of the web, you know, on maybe some some adult-themed websites. You know, I already know what you guys are thinking. I get it. We've heard it. We, we've taken that feedback. But honestly, Nick, I don't care if people are thinking about, you know, some maybe sexual innuendos. <laughs> I love the name. I'm happy about the name. We feel, I feel rejuvenated. And uh, yeah, we're official, baby. We're big, we we're are, big boys we now. We are. Uh, let us know how I, uh, listeners. Let us know what you think of the name. But uh, yeah, you see let's what get... I did. I did that like eight mile B rabbit thing where you just tell you say everything out front. And uh, yeah. nobody can. Nobody <laughs> yeah. has anything against you, <laughs> yeah, right? And make fun of us. Yeah, now. yeah exactly. <laughs> I am white. I am. A... Uh, let's briefly talk about how we came to that name, John. I know we were throwing out a bunch of different names, and I really did want to have a button themed name. I know for I thought for a minute it was going to be L three plus R three. Yeah. Because that, you know, that's like a power move in video games. Usually when you're clicking both sticks, like Spartan Rage, baby. Yeah, Spartan Rage. You know, that's 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 the power move in video games. But do you want to tell the story about how we got to between the joysticks? Sure. I mean, I might miss a lot of details. I don't know if you're looking for lots of details. No, no, not a lot of details. But, just... but, you know, Nick and I, as listeners of the show know, we work together. So we spend a lot of time outside of this podcast together. And so... You know, with that comes a lot of bouncing ideas off of one another, and we're fortunate enough to work with uh, another, you know, cool group of guys. There's about 10, 11 of us here, and we were just pitballing back and forth, getting frustrated, saying, I don't know, man, I don't, I don't know, L- L3 plus R3 is good, and, you know, you had your girlfriend come up with a couple, but just our buddy, uh, buddy Josh, just, you know, he was, I don't even know if he was engaged in the conversation. He was just kind of doing one of those things where he's like leaning against a pole or a table in the corner. He goes, hey, what about Mysterious the stranger. Hey, what about between the joysticks? And we're like, oh shit. No. <laughs> well, he suggested between two joysticks oh, first yeah, yeah. Yeah, because right. of between two ferns. Right. And then we were like, well, that's too similar. So let's take it back to between the joysticks. But we knew instantly once yeah. he had said it. Yeah, we both kind of had that, uh, oh shit. Yeah, that epiphany of like, Fuck, that, that's it. Well, it's nice, too. You know, you think about what's between the joysticks, at least on a dual sense. It's the PlayStation logo. You get between them on and I like it. You know, it's kind of where the brands lie. And so now that we are trying to be a little bit more agnostic when it comes to where we play, especially, you know, myself, who doesn't always get to play on PlayStation when I want to. So I'm playing a lot of Switch, which we'll talk about later. Um it just seemed like it fit. Seemed like it was a good one uh, to roll with, and I like the acronym BTJ. Something cool <laughs> about that, and um, yeah. So hopefully this allows us to really push to the next level, right? You know, pal, the show Nick's been working some overtime for us. We got to do something, something nice for that boy. Uh, just between a lot of the video feeds and stuff, I'm sure you're going to get into all that here in just a sec because I know you and I know how you are. Um, but it's good. It's good. It's like phase. I don't know if this is phase two, but it's phase. Not one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, a continual evolution of the show and just, again, as you mentioned, a focus more 
definitely a focus on console gaming. I mean, we'll always talk PC games too, but you know, as John mentioned, and we'll get into a little further about our what what we currently own as far as consoles. You know, we're we're pretty open to everything, and we talk about everything. You know, yeah. we're going to talk a lot of Xbox last week. We're going to talk a lot of Xbox this week, as we'll get into. So. Yeah, it just all made sense, but no major changes to the show itself. The format will be the same, but just now expect a bigger push from us uh, to get a larger audience as well. And, you know, we started this as PlayStation Pals, and, you know, going back and listening to episode one, we kind of really didn't talk about ourselves very much. We just kind of acted like, oh, this is another episode of the show. Mm -hmm. So since we're kind of soft rebooting here, John, I'm going to use this opportunity to, you can, you know, Tell us about yourself, what you want to share, and, and why you end up doing a podcast. Okay. Um, sure, man. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I am a lifelong gamer, um, born and raised in the Midwest of the United States of America. <laughs> um, but I've been, I've been gaming my whole life. You know, my very first uh, console was a Sega Genesis. Um, so I started off as a dirty, dirty Sega Genesis kid, but... Um, you know, but that, that's fine. I have a lot of fond memories, you know, Gunstar Heroes, Sonic 2, things like that. But, you know, really, really decided early on that, yeah, this is a hobby I really enjoy. Pestered the shit out of my parents to get me a PlayStation 1 when that was available. And they got me that PlayStation 2, 3, 4, 5, PSP Vita. I've, I think, and I've even had a PSVR. I think I've owned pretty much every piece of large Sony video game gear. Wow. So obviously like that's kind of where my heart lies, but at the same time, I'm not, you know, a baby and say, and have that define who I am. So, <laughs> you know, I play, I play on Nintendo switch a lot as well. I own an Xbox series X, uh, never really gets turned on, but you know, I'm, I'm there to kind of just, I'm a connoisseur of this space. I love video games as a whole. I love the industry. I love talking to Nick about not just what we're playing, but like the juicy rumors, obviously what's going on with Xbox right now. It's like, you know, we, we really absorb, uh, the industry, I feel like on a, on an extra level. And that's one of the reasons that Nick and I became friends immediately is because we realized like, oh, this isn't just a dude who just can talk about the latest call of duty or, you know, the next big release. It's somebody who knows the studios that make games, know the big players, you know, the Hideo Kojima's, the Neil Druckmann's, things like that. And so, you know, coming, meeting Nick uh, at work a couple years ago, you know, I think it had to have been one of the very first like ideas I feel like you brought to me. It was like, we should do a podcast. I'm like, no, I'm not doing a podcast. Are you crazy? I have, I have kids. I don't have the time. And, you know, fortunately Nick did uh, a lot of the heavy lifting, got some of the equipment, got it set up and, you know, realized quickly that it, it's, it's a activity that while it might seem on the outside, like a lot of effort and a lot of a lot of, I don't know, prepping. And it is, but at the same time, it's something that we both genuinely love to do. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we make it a point of pride to be here each and every week. You know, we had a little bit of a uh, miss, I think, probably around episode, what, like 50 or 55, where we took like a yeah. week or two off. But other than that, we're yeah. here each and every week. We try to, um, you know, analyze the industry on a large scale, but also, you know, talk in depth about games and things that we're playing there. But um, I'll cut it off there. Just lastly, uh, I am a family man. Three kids, uh, twin girls that are two and a seven-year-old boy. So uh, listeners of the show might get a little frustrated with me just in terms <laughs> of playing what's current, playing the new hottest things. But, you know, um, I will 
I will still always have this as a hobby and I'd never plan to let it leave. So uh, I'll always have at least opinions and, and things and I'll be here to tell Nick he's wrong when he's wrong. <laughs> so that's me, John. Yeah. Despite being so busy, you're, you're, you do Don't keep up pretty up. good. Don't even bring it up. No, I, I, that's not, even, not even talking about your hours played. <laughs> yeah, I'm not okay. talking about your hours All played. Right. I'm just saying you do keep up pretty good. I do what I know. can. So, you know, and you're on the, we'll get into it later, the cost of, you know, beating another big game, yeah. a big monkey off your back there. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and I'm the other host on this show, Nick. I, too, this, oh, I guess this is just my console hierarchy. It was uh, Nintendo, Sega Genesis, N64, GameCube, PS3, Xbox 360, Xbox One, PS4, PS5. And that's where I stand now with the PS5. Um, big fan of CD Projekt Red. Was a big fan of Rocksteady and the Arkham series, <laughs> uh, the Metal Gear series, uh, the Mass Effect. A lot of the, a lot of the big staples. I, as opposed to John, who does check out a lot of the indie games, I'm always up for the big, the big AAA games. And you've you know. inspired me. I want to go through my series that I like after you do. So, <laughs> okay. Anyway, continue. Um, and then for for the podcast, as John mentioned, there was just, you know, you meet people and. Gamers come in all shapes and sizes, but when when you find someone else that listens to podcasts, that's where you know it's like the next tier, right? Yeah, like that's a video game junkie. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. that's the enthusiast tier. When you know who Greg Miller is and Colin Moriarty and all these other and, and Jeff Gersman, all these big names of these big podcasts, and I I grew up my whole life listening to a lot of those podcasts, so I. I knew I always wanted to do it, but I just never had the opportunity because I never met somebody who could who could match my knowledge of video games, and that's what drew me to podcasts in the first place. It was just that's what drew you to me. Yeah, <laughs> is that I, I have this escape. I have you know, like Greg Miller. I've listened to it for so long. He he's almost like a friend. Like yeah. I know his taste. I know what video games it's he likes. Weird. And it's almost creepy, but not really. <laughs> but he's been <laughs> he's been podcasting for almost twenty years. It's in, it's insane to think about. And uh, yeah. So yeah, when we approached the show, I wanted to you know avoid, let's just say the pitfalls that I find of other podcasts, the bloatedness. I never wanted to do a three to five hour podcast. I don't know how people do that. You know, if, if it's your full time job, I understand. Yeah, lots of filler. <laughs> yeah, and I know people want that from you know Giant Bombcast and uh, Sacred Symbols. They love those big meaty podcasts, but that wasn't for me. And I did want to avoid the format of a lot of those podcasts of what you've been playing. Here's the news. here's the small news. What news. you playing? Here's the big news. Here's the write ins. <laughs> Have a great one. Yeah, yep. And then also avoid you know what a lot of them do is they always try to cover the hot games, right? The games that are coming out this week. And then the week after it's like, are they still playing it? Like, you know, and then you don't hear about it till like game of the year discussion and then they bring them all back. But, uh, you know, so that's, that's kind of the, where the six things came from to give me and John, like a hard limit on what to talk about. And it doesn't always have to stay into the games we're playing. Cause as John mentioned, there might be a week he doesn't play games at all, and I don't want him to, him to feel obligated to listen to me talk about the games I'm playing for the most of the show, and then you know talk about news and email. Like and this is know. actually a good time for that because there's not a ton that I'm excited to play, but Oscars. I'm a big movie guy too, so I want to watch through the movie. So <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. So so that's kind of how how we got here. You know, it was called PlayStation Pals, and it was a very focused PlayStation show. We used to read off all the PlayStation Plus extra games and the PlayStation oh, yeah. Essential games and get into the nitty-gritty. And I find just listening to that myself uh, very boring, you know. So unless there's something really notable to talk about, as we'll get into Foam Stars later, 
um, you know, we kind of just moved it to, you know, not we're not bringing six things every week, but we could bring yeah. up to six things. Felt forced so, for a while. Yeah. It's like I, I think there was a week I brought like Sony Financials, and I'm like, <laughs> uh, I don't know what else to talk so, about. So that's how we got here. And okay, John. Yeah, so just, just my taste, my gaming taste real quick. Uh, I am the resident from software Madden, guy. I, Call I, of Duty. Yep, yep. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mario Kart. Uh, no, I'm, I'm the resident from software guy. I think every uh, video game outlet seems to have one of those guys. But, you know, I love those kind of games. As Nick mentioned, indie games are also my jam. Hades is one of my favorite things ever. Binding of Isaac, things like that. Um, but you'll hear me gush about... Um, Certain franchises, near Automata is near and dear to my heart, the God of War franchise. Um, but those, those, you know, Sony first party stuff is, is usually where I gravitate towards. But um, there is an episode, if you are a new listener, Nick and I did count down our top 50. Actually, it's over a couple different episodes, five to be exact. <laughs> but we did count down our top 50 games of all time. So, you know, if you ever were looking to kind of go back, see how Nick and I view games, um, spoiler alert. There is a Zelda in there. Yeah. Yes, there's at least one <laughs> Zelda in there. So, um, but yeah, that's all I got, Nick. Okay. So, so yeah, that's kind of how we got here. And that's, you know, again, we're moving forward with the new name between the joysticks. So, here we go. Cool beans. All right. But before we get into the format of the show, let's, let's pick up a conversation we talked about last week. And that was all these rumors surrounding Xbox and publishing its games on other platforms. You know, the floodgates opened last week with uh, Indiana Jones, and it's not the circle. I called it the circle of truth. It's the great circle. The great circle. Oh, you said the circle of truth? I did. Oh, man, that's my Twice. bad. I didn't catch you. Twice I said it. I'm sorry. Man. The great circle. Are off to a great start. We're so knowledgeable. <laughs> Starfield, uh, Hi-Fi Rush, uh, Sea of Thieves, and then it, the floodgates opened to all their titles, even, you know, Microsoft branded years of war years of war Hell halo who knows and uh you know we we didn't know what was going to happen we got a tweet from phil spencer saying hey we'll have more on this next week well we found out specifically when that is so on february 15th of this week at 3 p.m eastern time the official xbox podcast will post it will have sarah bond and phil spencer on there and they are going to address all of this it is very interesting. I'm I'm surprised they're doing a podcast. That is not a normal <laughs> a normal way to deliver this news. But yeah, I wonder if it's a live record. I, I gotta imagine it's recorded. Oh yeah, it's recorded. Okay, I'm sure. yeah, not live because you got to be very curated and very careful with what you say. Yeah, but uh, you know, not to well, we can we can bring it back up a little bit, but uh, yeah, let's do that. So we talked about it last week. That was kind of like instant reactions because we were less than 24 hours from just this floodgates. But, yeah. you know, John, you've had a week to think about it. You've had, you know, you listened to all the other big names that we I just mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, Greg Miller touched on it. Colin Morarty touched on it. What's what's going to happen? What's happening on Thursday? What is what is Phil Spencer and Sarah Bond going to going to going to address to the Xbox Nation and and the video game industry as a whole, what are they going to say? Well, first and foremost, I think it's very safe to say that this will be not a sunshine and rainbows type type <laughs> co press conference. I mean, you know, there's going to be people out there that are be like, oh, well, maybe they're just going to, you know, kind of say nothing's wrong. Like, no, if nothing was wrong, they would have dispelled the rumors with that initial tweet. So, like, they're definitely going to update us on the rumors that everybody's talking about. Now, the question is, 
is it are they going full nuclear or are they just doing you know maybe bits and pieces uh, here and there? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what I'm most intrigued to find out. If I were uh, a betting man, and, and this was a point brought up that I, I kind of vibed with. Um, recent Microsoft financials have shown that after the Activision Blizzard purchase, gaming has jumped up to the third highest point of revenue for Microsoft as a company, um, which is way, way, way more than it used to be. I think Xbox used to only have about 8 or 9% of the total uh, profit that they ran. And with that is going to draw the eye of the top dogs, right? The CEOs and things like that. Not that Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, wasn't aware of the financials and what was going on with the Microsoft Xbox brand, but... Prior to this purchase, it was kind of like, all right, you guys have your little project over there. Keep it going. That's fine. We don't, we're not going to I noticed an area of much. growth. Right. And so after this purchase, they're like, oh, no, this shit needs to make money. Like, this is, like, we're not going to be cool with you guys kind of flying by the seat of your pants and hoping for the best anymore. You guys need to make money. And the way to make money um, is to, I think, get rid of exclusivity. And so if I was, if I was going to be a betting man... All I th- right, here we go. I think they I think that they do push everything out on a timed exclusive type situation. Um where you're not going to get anything day and date. Um you know, there might be differences with how long that period is, right? If you have something like a Bethesda and Activision Blizzard, these newer teams that have legacy uh experiences across other platforms, maybe that's a little bit closer, right? It could maybe you get might get a couple day and dates. I could see a Doom game being a day and date, uh some of those lesser titles, but uh I I don't see any reason not to push everything. If you're going to push a part of your catalog and hold another part of your catalog captive as exclusives. It just doesn't make sense to me if your main directive is to make as much money as humanly possible, right? You could. Question. Yeah. Let's say just not captive. Let's say development costs to bring it over to PlayStation. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say, you know, they they haven't talked about this game, but like Redfall. Mm -hmm. Is it financially beneficial to bring that to PlayStation? No, but I want to be clear. Everything I'm talking about is everything coming going forward. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, everything okay. going forward. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't so think. So, like, Forza Horizon Five. That would be that would probably be a case by case scenario in that regard because that is a very very highly regarded game that would sell pretty honestly pretty well on on PlayStation. Right? There's a lot of smart people that work at Microsoft. A lot of projectors, a lot of things like that where they can see what they would anticipate. Play strategic games doing. bets on the yeah, previous game. Yeah, Redfall, dude. That 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 game is a. Everybody knows that game is a big old right. stinky poop. Okay, right? I just I just want yeah. to make sure that so so yeah. kind of what I'm talking about exclusively here is like kind of everything going forward, right? The next gears, the next Halo, that kind of stuff. Like I think that eventually it will come forward to PlayStation and Switch because that is the way that Microsoft makes the most amount of money. They do not make money on hardware; they make money on their games. And if they can get some of the subscription prices, if there are still people that don't really give a fuck about PlayStation games, don't care where they play, and they want to just pay 15 bucks a month for Game Pass, great, good for you. Um, but if you don't want to do that, you can pay 70 bucks. We'll get some money. PlayStation gets some games. Everybody's happy. I think they'll try and position this as an everybody wins scenario, even though we kind of know that they were backed into this position. They were. This isn't a position of choice. Um, so that's kind of where I stand. I think. I think it's not going to be like this. Oh my God! Xbox is going away. They're not going to push out any more firmware updates for their machines. Like that's going to be a paperweight. I don't think it's going to be that. I just think they take uh, maybe a good way to put this is a passive approach, right? They're not competing. They're just passive. They're there. They're they're getting money. It's a place to play, and they don't worry about trying to become the market leader. You know, and they just make money as of right now. As of right now, you're right. Yeah. So that's kind of where I stand. When when hardware is less and less needed. 
you know, they'll they'll, they'll be pushing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think there's a lot of pressure, not just within Microsoft, but a lot of these developers. Um, and I and I don't think this is exclusive to Microsoft by any means. I mean, if you don't think Insomniac wants Spider-Man Two on every platform because oh, yeah. it would sell multi-million, you know, their their bonuses that are tied to this kind of stuff would you know obviously be be better. But uh, but I think like yeah, the, the pressure is definitely on Microsoft because you know they're they're in last place. They don't have the install base. Uh, Game Pass is not you know earning you as like in the Starfield's case, not earning you as much money as, you know, everyone buying that game outright. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the pressure is on, but I do think they're going to avoid touching on their games. I think that it'll be publisher, uh, it'll be based on publisher and it'll be Bethesda and Activision for now. I don't think they'll say anything about the future because uh, what, what is really the future is what right yeah. now is Hellblade and Avowed. Yeah. So those are two games. I I see they can they won't mention those and they'll just say, "Hey, Bethesda titles going forward because we're committed to gaming everywhere." Let me just jump in here real quick. I think that makes a lot of sense, but I am going to be looking for Phil and the team to be very clear with their messaging in this. Thing. I, 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 I got to do a you, podcast. Yeah, and I know you agree too, but like that is that will be a little bit frustrating for me honestly is if they don't like you can go in there and tell me that Halo and Gears and, and Forza and our legacy brands aren't going anywhere, anywhere but tell us that. Don't yeah. don't don't skirt around and say, "Well, for now, it's these no. things." Like, and I, I, they've been so bad at communicating this whole generation, and uh, their fans feel it, and you know, podcasters feel it. Like, we just want some answers from Phil. Phil is the master of speaking out both sides of the So, anyway, continue. <laughs> I just I want to make no. Sure, I, I, yeah. Like I said, I think that I think that's it. It'll be. And it won't be day and date. It'll always be a delay, but but these games will be going to other platforms, and it'll just be part of an initiative, again, to get their games out more places, and they're going to use a lot of... Their verbiage will be a lot of, like, it's for the gamers. It's oh, for yeah. everyone. Yeah, when everybody, you know, play, when everybody plays, everybody So we wins. can continue to make great games, and, Stupid. you know, and, and I know, like, the hardcore fan base will probably view this as a betrayal on their investment, which I... Kind of understand, you know, they they were pitched a machine that was going to be playing these exclusive games, and now, you know, if if John's case, oh boy, but yeah. it, even even in this small case, these two big acquisitions that drummed up excitement for Xbox is you because you know you were getting Starfield and you're and you're getting Indiana Jones, uh, it's gonna it's gonna sting, but I think to John's point, I think uh, we're in a we're kind of in a bubble. John and I just talked about how enthusiastic we are about the industry, but I think, you know, most people will not even notice. No, I think they'll they'll, they'll make the value proposition that John mentioned. Well, do I want to pay seventy dollars for Indiana Jones, or do I want to pay fifteen dollars a month and I get Indiana Jones and everything else on top of that? Let me ask you a question. Have you tried to explain this to your girlfriend? What's going on? And like, because I've tried <laughs> no. to explain this to Kylie, my wife, no. and she's just like, "Oh, that's weird." It's like, this is the biggest thing ever. Like, are you kidding me? You know, but like, they just don't get it. Um, Let me ask you a question then, Nick. Like, I definitely understand what you're saying, but can you think of a valid reason if you were Xbox not or to to keep their legacy franchises at bay? Because I can't think of a single positive that that nets you. It's not enough to draw people into your ecosystem. And at the end of the day, you would just be leaving money on the table. Like, what is the reason for that? 
Uh, just I to mean, be the like, reason hey, these they all brands. do it, I mean, because that's how you you want people to buy your box right now, still, right? Sure. Because I because Game Pass, we said the financials of Game Pass are fucked, right? They are. They're even more fucked if you try to put Game Pass on PlayStation or Nintendo, and then they, and those two companies go, yeah, sure, but here's our chunk of the cut, and you're like, wow, Game Pass is really not going to work now. So I, you need to sell the hardware, and if you're if you're saying everything's going everywhere else, I just I just think the hardware is is dead, even with whatever projects you have coming in the future. And you might have a it's the rumors of this like Steam competitor yeah. that might be a different ball game because it's not kind of directly competing there. Yeah, that'd be interesting. But uh, I think like for people that are looking for what the console is for them right now, like their home entertainment system. Uh, who's buying a Series X f- till your next hardware refresh? That's kind of my point. Then it's like if you know, and I, I very much believe that their goal is to just simply make as much money as possible. If Starfield's not bringing in new players, the next Halo after Halo Infinite's not going to do it. Like I don't know. It's just that's what I can't. That's what I can't rectify in my head. Is like if you do some of it, you might as well do all of it. Like, I don't see any reason otherwise. And Halo, and Halo's an interesting one, too, because it's it's so multiplayer dependent, and we're just seeing how well Helldivers is doing. Yeah, hell yeah. Over the weekend is, like, on Steam. It's, For democracy. You know, and, and we know Marathon is coming to all platforms, too. That there, that there is a benefit to having, you know, the biggest install base you can get, because that's the only way these live service games and uh, flourish, is because you need, like... 10% of your user base, if it's a million people, paying for your season pass, paying for all the cosmetics. And and Halo is another one of those games that is considered live service. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Halo and Gears is kind of unfortunate because they are going to they're, they're gonna be live service games, whatever their next yeah. game is. Uh, but uh, a game like Fable and your single player games, I'd, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, again, I... This, why doesn't Sony put Horizon Zero Dawn on Xbox? Because it doesn't matter right now. The game is, you know, eight years old at this point. It's true. That's true. But I mean, I think there is a little bit to. I don't know. <laughs> when you're when you're the the industry leader, you don't really have to worry about anything. You just you you say, hey, come here. You come you come to me. I'm not coming to you. But you know, I guess the last thing I'll say is like, you know, at some point, probably in 1998. Anybody would have thought you'd be a fucking madman to think Sonic's going to go on a Nintendo console and look there, Sonic goes on a GameCube. So we're in a crazy time, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I am, I am at like uh, Sony showcase levels of curious, like yeah. of this thing. Like I just, I just got to know what they're going to say because it really is going to shape the way that the industry is. I don't know, just is. Yeah. For for years almost, to come, I almost kind of want a live camera on just John because his face will be like. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, because uh, because all the corporate speak, they're gonna they're gonna tiptoe around um, this, and you know we'll see. But we both agree, some games are coming like this year for sure. Yeah. I hope I hope Phil and Matt Booty just have a fist fight. <laughs> like our games are going to Game Pass. No, they're not. Or they're going multiplayer. Yes, they are. To debate, yeah. live debate. Yeah, because I mean that's what it it does feel like. There is some sort of internal struggle with the, sure. with the CEO level up there, right? Satya wanting everything to go one way. Phil's probably Phil and Sarah are probably like, "This is our baby. Like we're almost there." And, right. and then Tim Stewart, you know, who's the C- CFO, and Matt Booty are probably like, "No, we just need to make money. Make us money." Right. So I don't know. But Thursday, 
Probably record a pickup, probably. Yeah, so we're we're throwing this around. If the if the news is as big as we think it is, the do just they if we're it's gonna fun-worthy. call it, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna do a, a Seinfeld reference there. <laughs> uh, we're gonna do episode eighty four point five, in which we'll live react to not watching it, but just live react to to the news and try and you know see see what happens. You know, so maybe you know. Who knows? Maybe this is the right move. Maybe this puts Xbox in a great position. You never know. We all, we always think about the console generations like they were 20 years ago, and Nintendo took a look at that and said, "Fuck that!" Mm-hmm. And did their own thing and was wildly successful. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I so, I, I do think this is the right move. Honestly, like not to not to keep kicking you while you're down, but like <laughs> the, it, Xbox. Like, another one of Nick and I's favorite creators. If you guys don't watch him, you should. Kyle Bossman, he's fucking awesome. You know, he had a bit the other, like, a month or two ago with, like, Xbox can't win. And I do feel like that right now. And as a consumer, I mean, that's Phil a, said as much. Yeah, pretty much. So it's like, I don't know. I, I think this is the right move because you're not going to win the hardware battle. Um, you are Microsoft. You are a services company. You're not a creative company. Just, like... Get out there, make the services, make the shit, put it everywhere, make a bunch of money, and we'll all we'll move on with our lives. Right, and, and things can always change. Right? You know, a, a new hardware generation, you know, that that yeah. always is, changes everything. And if Xbox can get ahead of Sony, and this 2026 rumored release date for their new hardware is true, you know. Yeah, they'll uh, they'll probably hardware. talk about new hardware on Thursday, which is cool. Maybe. I would think you'd bring it up. Well, there was that leaked project Brooklyn, but I don't know. I don't yeah. know. This this will be, or they just focus on this again. Like, <laughs> I couldn't. I like this timing couldn't be worse. You're halfway through a console generation, and you're, well, you're a lot flipping, of you're flipping the table over. A lot of <laughs> analyzing this industry, and it goes to even like looking at game review scores, is just looking at past precedents and like what happened in the past. What you know, did this development team make a good game in the past? Okay, this one's probably going to be good. There is no precedent for this. Like yeah. you know, the last time this happened was the Sega Dreamcast in two thousand and one. I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll find out in just a few short days. But all right, let's get into how the show works. As I mentioned in the beginning, John and I both bring up to three things to talk about for a total of six things. It can be a game we're playing, which is heavy this week. We got Like a Dragon, we got Foam Stars, we Ooh. got Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, we got Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Woo! Yeah. It can be a topic. For new listeners, that's not normal. No, (laughs) it can be a news item. It can be an email to beyondthejoysticks at gmail.com. It can be Twitter DM at joystickspod, or it can be a comment on our YouTube page at Between the Joysticks. Any of those things, we can bring it and we can talk about it. And we're going right back to Sony because... Uh, the day we posted our show last week, they had a another state of play yeah. to follow up their 40-minute state of play the week before. But this was all about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. We got about 20 minutes of them talking about the game, and, it, and it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, they really don't have to do this. We're all bought in. Is there anyone listening not bought into this no, game? No, they didn't need to do it with 16 either, but they did. <laughs> I don't know. Square Enix has some weird uh, marketing like stipulations. Yeah, yeah, it has to have a demo, which we'll get into. And yeah, they they get their exclusive state of plays from Stone, Sony. I think all of them have gotten it so far. For I think for Spoken too. So yeah. So it's just okay. 
But this is obviously one of the most anticipated games of the of the year by far that we know of. So, and we're just, you know, two weeks away at this point. So I don't want to talk too much about the state of play itself because, again, it was spoilers. I don't know. Did you have any takeaways from the state of play itself? I didn't watch it, Nick. Oh. Yeah, I am. I am. I am dark on this. Okay. Yeah. No. I. That was the reason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just. I mean, yeah. The reason is I don't need to slash want to see anymore. Okay. Like you know, I am not a Final Fantasy VII OG dude who knows every single True. story beat. So True. like watching the trailers to see, ooh, I wonder what they did differently. Like that doesn't do anything <laughs> for me. Um, I'm in. I'm into the open world, and yeah, like you said, it was a lot. So I didn't. I didn't even bother. Okay. All right. Well, I, I did pull out a few few highlights that again are not spoiler heavy at all. Uh, there's going to be a new card game in it. Nice. Yeah. Is it know? Triple Triad? No. <laughs> Why does everyone keep saying Triple Triad? I don't Is know. that I've Final never, Fantasy VIII? Yeah, I've never played it. I just that's okay. what everybody always says. <laughs> triple Triad. <laughs> uh, I always go to Gwent. Um, there was the game in Horizon Forbidden West, that like tactical game. Like, nee. yeah, not not. That was one that was all right, but I'm always fans of games within games. I don't I don't know why. I played, uh, we, bl- I played Blitzball more than I'd care to admit. There you go, Blitzball. Sea of Stars had its own uh, mm-hmm. uh, mini game in it. It's just I don't know. They're just great. I don't know why. I wish sometimes they could. Well, they did it with Gwent. They extracted it out and made it its own game. But I, that's one thing I've been. I, I feel like you should sit down and explain Gwent to me one time because that is part of The Witcher Three. I was just like, I don't get this. I don't <laughs> understand what to do, and I just never engaged with it because it's, of that. It's funny. I got all into it my first time playing through the game, and then I couldn't care less the second time I played through it's it. I, and I skipped it all. But uh, this one will also have its own card game with a, a bunch of mini games. Like there were so many, uh, but. Uh, this one is called Queen's Blood. This is definitely new to this game. It was not in Final Fantasy VII. And so just wanted to, just wanted to point that out. Another thing we I'm saw... I'm sure there won't be enough to do. In no. <laughs> no. Uh, we also saw that each character can interact with the world in unique ways for traversal. Uh, Red 13 can climb walls. Aerith can manipulate the, the life stream for some puzzles. Uh, Tifa's got a grappling hook. Barrett Tifa or sh- Yuffie. Well, Yuffie can, sw- yeah, they they are very similar. Okay. It's like okay. she can swing, but Tifa's got a grappling hook. Okay, uh, and Barrett can shoot things. Uh, Kate Sith can throw heavy objects. So that is something new to this game that we didn't have in the the previous remake. Is each character has had their way to interact. I think the only thing I can remember is Barrett could shoot turrets. In, the, in remake, yeah, it was a very linear game. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of, <laughs> of reasons to have that type of mechanics in there. Um. And another thing they pointed out is there are friendship bonds in this game. So you have relationships with everyone, and depending on choices you make in the story, uh, those bonds can go up and down, and these lead you into combat synergy. And this is where they presented the combat folio, which is new to Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And this is kind of, you know, you've seen it in the trailers. You know how they can combine to do attacks together, like, you know, uh, Yuffie and Barrett can combine, and Kate Sith and Red 13. Well, now there's Persona. Yep, yep. There's there's this whole like book, and you can respec it anytime you want, but it kind of leads you to different moves and different combinations. So, you know, even though you're only bringing X amount of characters into battle, you can experiment with that, and then they can synergize with each other. And that again, that is new to 
new to this game and to the franchise. Sorry, I'm having a squirrel moment. Is there any type of thing like FF16 had with the story compendium thing? Like the, the how you can go in no, and... No, they didn't it. show anything like that. <laughs> the active Man. time lore. Yeah, that would be such a good system for Seven. There's so much so much that they could talk about. Okay. Right. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 you're good. Um, and then they, they kind of went and announced what we assumed. Uh, the other big news is the demo is out. So if you're listening to this, you probably played it. Uh, it's coming in two parts, which is also bizarre. Um, the the Nibelheim demo, which is a famous flashback from the first game, is what is out now. And then there will be a demo of the Junon section of the game, which is more open world and you get chocobos and all that, uh, coming at a later date, which we don't know. So I actually have played, I, I, I lied, I guess, a little bit ago. I have played a little bit of Final Fantasy VII. I've never beaten it. I got up to about that part in the Nibelheim section. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's no combat in that, right? No, it's a it's a flashback. But in the in the demo, of course, it's expanded. Oh, okay. All right. I was so, about to say, did they really drop a demo <laughs> where you just walk around? But that's fair. Yeah. So uh, so the this so they dropped the demo. I played it. Did you play it, John? No. All right. So again, this is Nibelheim. It is a famous flashback from the original game. Uh, again, it's more expanded. There's combat in this uh, version of it. And it looks to be take place at the very beginning of the game because you got the the credits going through it as you're just playing. Oh, okay. And it's kind of reintroducing you to everything. Again, it takes place before even the events of the first game. So it's you and it's Cloud and Sephiroth uh, when they work together. Oh, uh, it's Sephiroth. <laughs> and so, uh, and so the nice thing is though, if you do play this demo, you can skip this part when you actually get the game. So you can just skip right through this part. Uh, when you get the game and then you know continue on, so you're not retreading uh, similar scenes. But again, it's nice because it gets you just reacclimated to the game. You know, it's been what almost two years since I played it in the Integrated DLC. Yeah, I think you beat it two years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's just a good to get to get to catch up and then also get to play a Sephiroth who's just OP. You know, yeah. overpowered. Yeah, he's he's, uh, <laughs> he is a power fantasy in a, of a man. That's what I'm saying. Um, and uh, the only really update to kind of like the combat is you get a preview of those synergy attacks that I mentioned. Uh, Cloud and uh, Sephiroth have some moves that you get to do together, um, and they're pretty they're pretty flashy. And then you all get like a super ultimate move that you can do as well. So it's it looks good. That's very Final Fantasy esque. Yes, <laughs> super ultimate move. But the but the demo's great. It's the game looks great. Uh, it's kind of told. It's, since it's a flashback, you kind of have Cloud kind of retelling this story, and then all the characters listening kind of chime in. So you have Barrett, uh, Tifa, and Yuffie kind of chiming in as, or not Yuffie, uh, Aerith, uh, commenting as you're as you're playing it, including a, a funny section where it's like, "Do you want to go through Tifa's bedroom?" And it's yeah. like, and you, and you go, "Yeah." And they're like, "Cloud, you really did that?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, I was interested in what was going, what's in there. And they're like, "Cloud." <laughs> You know, like while you're playing it. So there's some decisions you make in it that I think probably do affect those bonds because you go into a room and then you can like go through her stuff. And it's, I'm assuming that will have a negative impact on your relationship Maybe. with Tifa. But uh, I mean, it's Cloud. That's a pretty handsome guy. <laughs> but uh, the only other thing in this is I think this is going to be the year of like the playing musical instruments. So we already got it with Last of Us Part Two. We got to play the guitar. Mm-hmm. Last of Us Part Two Remastered introduced the whole guitar mini game. Like mm-hmm. you can just play that mode. Well, this one's got a piano playing mini game. Oh, really? And it's pretty good. Really, it's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. How do you hit the keys? 
Uh, so you, you, it's the left and the right stick, and then things move down and like you know come down the screen, and you just kind of tilt it towards where the key oh, is so pointing. It's a rhythm game. Yeah, it's a rhythm game. Why didn't you say that? Yeah, it's it's good. Okay. It's really good. I do love me some rhythm. <laughs> so and again, you know, you're just playing, you know, one of the most iconic soundtracks of all time. So, you know, the you know the music's gonna be there. So. So that that's that's kind of it. Like I said, I don't want to get too spoilery in, into like the the story beats, but no. again, it it looks great, plays great. I'm in. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> did you did you already request time off for that one? I did. Yes. Yeah. What are you taking? The, I heard you. I overheard you talking about maybe doing a full week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see about Do that. Do it, pussy. <laughs> Come on. We'll see about that, but uh, yeah, I definitely will will be playing this on launch day. So, so it's exciting, you know. Like I said, the game didn't need a demo, but I'm glad it's there. I'm glad again it contributes to you when you get the game. So, like I said, if you're just like I don't want to play through the section again, you don't have to. You can check out this demo, and then it'll you know take care of itself when you get the actual game. So sweet. Well, you got yeah. So. But you got a you got a game to talk about that's probably going to go up against this for game of the year, right? <laughs> My next game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> so, we're kind of in this weird two-week period where it's uh live service game abundant. Like we had Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. We had Helldivers 2. John and I both have not played it despite it looking very good over the weekend and doing incredibly well. It's, it hasn't no reviews yet really, but you know, for Check the most that. part the internet loves it. And then we also get Skull and Bones this week. So we we have a bunch of live service games to talk about, but I'm going to bring Foam Stars. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is the, uh, the live service game from Square Enix. Uh, it's got some reviews out there, not doing so hot, and we'll kind of get into more into that as I, I've played a few hours of it. But it is funny. I had this. I had, I had this one. This question, like, you know, what is a bad game in twenty twenty four? Like, what is what is truly a bad game? Because on paper, Foam Stars is doing everything right. Mm-hmm. Looks good. Okay. Great soundtrack. Okay. Plays plays decent enough. Sure. You know, it's free. You know, it's got all these like well, f- free is in quotes because it's you yeah. Know, if you subscribe to PlayStation Plus, it's free. But. uh Everything about it from the presentation standpoint is like, this is a pretty good game. Like, in a, if I was, you know, younger or and had more free time or it wasn't competing against everything else that I want to play, it's a pretty nice package. Okay. So where's it fall short? <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll get into that. But, <laughs> but I also think like, you know, a year from now, will Foam Stars exist? It'll exist, but it's not going to... I don't know if it'll exist, John. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you would know <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm not speaking of the quality of the game. I just, like, you, these games just have to hit. Yep. And they have to hit so hard and so well. They have to do what Helldiver's doing right now, which is basically yeah. breaking records. Right. And it, it, it does suck for Foam Stars to release the same day, same week as another Sony live service game exclusive. So, you know. Yeah, I'd love to know. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that one specifically. It's a weird one. Like mm-hmm. to, to put a game day and date, PlayStation Essentials, which there's only been three other ones, maybe yeah, not four. A lot. Two days before your biggest second party game of the year. It's weird. Right. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know. And yeah, it kind of serves kind of, I mean, they're definitely different games, but uh, yeah. know, again, they're all vying for your your social time. You're, you're, you know, you're going to be playing these games a lot. 
So what is Foam Star? So we, we've described it as like a Splatoon-like where you have to cover a map in foam. And you do cover the map in foam, but there is not a single mode that that is required to win, which is interesting. <laughs> Say that again? That there, that covering the map in foam is not a requirement to win any of the game modes I play. Okay. So, okay. so what the foam is actually used for is a traversal and changing the environment. It is not used for anything else, at right. least now in the modes that they have offered. So uh, the modes they got are Smash the Star, and that's where each team has eight lives. And when they go through those eight lives, and, that, and you kill somebody, somebody by foaming them up, and then you have to go and hit them. So they become a big ball of foam when they're rolling around, and, and as you as the player is stuck, and your teammates can help you, or the other team can get up to you and hit you, and then you die. And then after you go through those eight lives, the star appears, and it's one of the players, and then once you kill him, you win. Sounds fun. Sure. And the other mode is Rubber Duck Party, and in the middle of the, the map is a rubber duck, and if you're on top of it, it moves toward the enemy base, and if they're on top of it, it moves towards yours. It has a little dance pad on top, so if you wanted to do like a dash and move faster, you can dance on the top, but you can't shoot. So there's kind of this push and pull, and the map just gets crazy and full of foam, and, and there's checkpoints, of course, and so whichever team either pushes it all the way or pushes it the furthest wins. And then finally is Happy Bass Survival, and this is your sole 4v4. All these modes are 4v4, uh, but it's 2v2 basically in the bathtub, and they and those are mixed up between rounds, and then the other t four players who are outside the bathtub can assist from outside, but they can't directly input, um, directly affect uh, the game. They can't kill anybody or anything like that, but, they, but you're shooting foam, you're manipulating the map, and you have different abilities uh, to do so. And then the game is played with seven different characters. Each have different ultimates. Think of any other hero shooter. Yeah, Think Overwatch. Overwatch. Yeah. Yep, you have, you have, they have unique L1s and R1s. I was playing a character named Tonix. Uh, the L1 was a deployable turret. The R1 was a deployable uh, bouncy grenade that homed on enemies. And then her ultimate was a giant robot that acted like a giant mortar. And he would shoot, you know, big, big amount of foam. Uh, long distance, and then to wrap up all the modes, there is a story mode. It is very light. It's basically a horde mode that you play by yourself where characters talk in the background, and then you can play that same horde mode with other players as well, and those are referred to as missions. So that's kind of the, the package as it stands right now. Cool. And those those three game modes I mentioned earlier, uh, they they're, they rotate every hour, so some one of those modes will always not be there. So you're like, oh, I'm having a great time with Rubber Duck so Party. So you don't get to pick what you play? You can pick between two. Why? <laughs> hey, I, I know, know you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> we got you. Okay. Uh, maybe it's just to siphon the, the audience into like two modes to keep the, the, you know, the, the queue times down. You know, instead of like having like six different modes and your audience I spread out it, everywhere. I but get it, but seems <laughs> seems weak. Yeah, and so it, I, like I said, it it looks good. It plays okay. I, the controls could be tighter, and when you're not moving on foam, you move like a slug. Like Ooh. it's just too slow and frustrating. And and so the overall package is there. The art, the character designs. They have this big, funny looking duck DJ guy that DJs over the whole thing. It's play the whole the whole. Every mode is played in uh, what Splash Vegas or whatever, and it's like this bath, ba bath Vegas. Bath which Vegas. I gotta say, 
horrible name. <laughs> but from Bath a presentation Vegas. standpoint, it's like it's lighty, it's showy, it's yeah. got all these uh, uh, colorful arenas and characters. It's all there, but it just, again, it just doesn't feel good enough. And I think that's kind of where Suicide Squad is at the same point is, you know, we all want to make a game like Destiny, but Destiny, uh, first and foremost, felt good to shoot guns, mm-hmm. felt good to control, and was tight. This is not like that. and It's floaty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, first, Nick, I have a question. Um, what is the foam that you shoot? Oh, I don't know. You have to tell us. You no. have to tell the audience, Nick. I don't know. You, you told me. So it's a bodily excretion. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know. That's just you can't you can't you can't do that, Square Enix. You just can't do that. <laughs> well, like when you play the horde mode, the enemies are like yeah, they're living creatures that like shoot foam. So that's oh. that, that's where it comes from. Okay. So yeah, I mean the little bit I've seen on this is it's just kind of like the uh, live service death. You can't you can't do these. You can't have the word repetitive in your review for a live right. service game. Yeah. That's like probably the worst word you could have, and I see that all over the place. You know, and to compare it to like Helldivers 2, where the little amounts I've seen of that game, like the scenarios are fucking batshit crazy. There's like huge bugs all over the place. There's explosions. There's missiles going all over. There's sending packages down. And, you know, it seems like a, like a ton of fun that you're working with your teammates with. And, you know, if, if this is just go in, code everybody, hit the person, go out. Okay, now we're fighting, dancing on a rubber ducky or something, especially if you can't even pick your thing. Like, seems, seems like, um, Seems like a half baked project, kind of. Yeah. It's, with it's horrible not- <laughs> monetization, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other side of it is how expensive, you know, they, it has a season pass. It has uh, bundles that are $40, you know, for cosmetics. And, you know, again, they're not required. They don't give you an edge in the game, but they're there. And, you know, you're. If you're into the game, you might be tempted, but and, and one of the characters is locked behind the battle pass. Uh, the there's eight, quote unquote, but only seven unless you pay for the battle pass. And I don't know. I like I said, I just this game is going to be dead, and, and that's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame, but honestly, dude, I at the same time, you know, we've been preaching for less games, higher quality games. The live service genre can only have so much oxygen in it and you know until studios understand that time is not infinite for everybody like some of them gotta die so others can live so you know it's unfortunate you know anybody who worked on that game I'm sure it's gotta feel pretty bad to pump a couple years into something and then have it come out and then everybody just kinda go on it but you know I don't know I mean it's the Again, it's this that die you roll, right? Like it either will be this huge success, it, you know, like we're seeing with Hell Divers, but even Hell Divers, I, I have a feeling will fall off in a month. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, it's that's yeah, it's it just sucks that we've don't have an age anymore where you can just make a multiplayer game that's just meant to be played for a little bit. Like you know, we talked about with factions, right? right. Like why can't why can't, even if it's not sticky enough for a live service game, you why can't you release a thirty dollar package of a multiplayer game that's just fun for a little bit? Because Fortnite and it's conditioning yeah. every no, kid I that know. grew up with it. Damn you with your logic <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. expect this from other games, and it, and it, and it sucks. And it, like I said, everyone is chasing that is the new MOBA, that's the new MMO. Fortnite and Roblox is, is dude, live service my game, life right so. Now. 
you know, and, and as we talked about with Concord and Fair Games and Marathon, like, boy, do they have a hill to climb. And, and this is why, this is why, you know, Sea of Thieves too, you know, I, you know, it's got to come out of, uh, come out of the gate, you know, blasting cannons left and right. <laughs> it wants the anyway, I started blasting <laughs> <laughs> to get anywhere. And, 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 no, and like Suicide Squad, that has the $70 buy in on top of everything else. It's all the nasty, bones too. yeah, all the nastiness that goes with it. So, uh, you know, so it like I enjoyed my time with it, but Did, I, it's already you off sure my. About that? Did you? Yeah, it was like okay. you know Friday night. I was like, okay, let me just check this out. Like, let me have some fun with it, and and it's different. It's just something different that we don't get on this console. Like, we don't have Splatoon. Yeah. Um. So it's just a different type of game that's not heavily relying on how accurate you can shoot all the time. So I got halfway through the tutorial of the demo and turned it off <laughs> so i'm glad i got you on my, i got you on my back nick so, or the listeners should be glad that they have you to you know yeah so talk it's, about things. yeah it's, so i i deleted it it's not on my console anymore so cool all right all right and then my final game that i played is like a dragon infinite wealth if you remember two years ago i played yakuza like a dragon on a whim it was a playstation plus essential game and ended up falling in love with it. Uh, I hit a big road ma- a roadblock with like a level grind, but got through it. And I thought the characters were charming, the story was good, and the combat to be just satisfying enough to get through. And so here I am. You know, did you I, intentionally not say anything to me about this game today? Yeah, why not? I'm just, I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering if I did something <laughs> to make you mad. You know, not even a whisper that you uh, enjoyed it, enjoyed your time with it over the weekend. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're saving it for the show. That's good. We we do that a lot, folks, where we'll we'll just be catching ourselves like in a forty five minute conversation goes, uh, I probably should have done that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, the, the bigger stuff especially, like this yeah. whole Microsoft thing. Uh but uh no, I'm very uh, here's the thing. I am very early on and this game is huge. It's yeah. it's enormous. You know, it's another like it looks like to be a hundred hour platinum. So I don't really have a lot to... This is going to be very brief. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to highlight some of the combat changes, and I'm going to highlight some of the funny-ass mini-games I've already played that have me dying. So 110 hours to complete, by the way. But this, it does exact... It it picks up exactly where Like a Dragon, uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon left off. You're, again, playing Ichiban Katsuga. (laughs) You're naked on a beach. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't take long to get to that part, but... uh, yeah, for story reasons, you know, he ends up going to Hawaii and running, in, and you kind of leave all your previous friends behind. And again, I I really want to emphasize how good the characters are in this. And I was thinking, like, where Yakuza, like a dragon, is I'm going to keep doing that to myself is gonna is gonna be found its niche is because you're not playing as teenagers, you're not playing as anime characters, you're playing as real people. Like how many JRPGs do you know of that that have that? I think this is the only one. Putting me on the spot. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll shout one out later in the podcast. I <laughs> so I think like everything it's doing is like, is, like I said, it just stands out. It's you know we just talked about this. How many JRPGs are this are coming out? Grand Blue Fantasy, Unicorn Overlord, Persona Three Reload. Um, they all are they all very similar themes and look and feel no this game is completely different yeah (laughs) and i did really want to talk about the combat briefly because they did change it 
listeners might remember, when you get in combat in this game, everyone just kind of is on the street and they kind of just shuffle around until it's their turn. But that sucks because some moves uh, benefit from enemies being grouped together or you being next to your friends and having that just be random in the previous game. Yeah, that's sucked. frustrating. Sucked. Well, they changed that in this. Every character can now move on the map. And it's like consigned. Well, it's a little... It's just a circle radiating out from you. But now you're able to position yourself if you want to pick up a bicycle and swing it at the enemy. Naturally. Or if you want to, you know, if you're going to breathe fire, you can line it up with all the guys. What? Oh, I haven't even gotten into the, I the job yet. thought you said these were real people, Nick. <laughs> they are real people, but they <laughs> okay. do absurd things. Okay. Uh, and I'm like I said, I'm not even, I haven't even gotten to the jobs yet, and that's going to blow the weird moves you know, out of the water. Okay. They're just themselves right now. Uh, but uh, it's a very welcome change. Like I said, it makes the battles a lot more strategic because you can now position yourself, you know, because now back attacks matter. So you having your back turned to an enemy matters. Uh, proximity to an enemy matters. If you're a character that uh, physically punches or swings a, a, a baseball bat or wrench or something, being closer matters. So, you know, it's just a, it's an added change that's welcome to the normal combat that was there before. It reminds me of uh, the stick of truth to the fractured butthole, like mm-hmm. kind of that, where stick of truth, standard turn base, and then they did a grid base system, I think. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's good. Evolution's always good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. It, 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 like I said, it improves on everything in the combat from the last game, which I thought, like, again, was serviceable, but this is like, you. there's definitely more thought put into this. But, again, I'm very early on. I haven't seen the jobs, which you can be, you know, you can be a chef. You can be a lifeguard. You can be a football player. You can be a hostess. You can be an idol. Haven't seen any of that yet. And I've already put, like, you know, eight hours in. So I'm just getting warmed up. But I do want to, like, one of the highlights of the last game were the absurd mini games. Like, they had a whole um, hobo mini game that was like Pac-Man and you were picking up cans. And then they had a they had full on Mario Kart built into it with its own storyline. Like these games, you know, there what's what's the 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 kart racing that slot did, cars? Yeah, slot cars in the previous the, that half step. You know, this this the series is built on these really weird uh, mini games. I would say it's maybe the franchise's biggest calling card. Yeah, yeah, you, like it, it, keep, it just keeps things fresh. Like there's just a bunch of things that you will not do in any other video games. So I got two to bring up. The first one is Photo the Sicko. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently, in, apparently in Hawaii, uh, there is a bunch of bald men in leotards going around and humping things and dancing things. They're and they're referred to as sickos in the game. Mm-hmm. And, Naturally, and you get on your trolley and you remember like Pokemon Snap. You have to go around and take photos of them, and they're popping up all over the place. So you'll look up at the wall, and the guy will be climbing up the wall, and he'll be humping the wall. You take a picture of them. There'll be a guy, one of them, dancing with a dog. Got to take a picture of them. They'll sneak out of bushes. Uh, you know, they'll go by really fast on carts. It's it's really silly. I, it had me dying. You said photographed <laughs> what, something the sicko? Yeah, it's just like photo the sicko. All right. yeah, I gotta see a picture of this. <laughs> and and you know the guy is explaining to you that like oh yeah this is like a, a pandemic in Hawaii right now so I take pictures of them and send the the geographic data to the police to arrest them and uh, <laughs> sicko snap. Yeah, sicko snap. Yeah, it's just it's it's so it's Pokemon snap. Yeah, it's okay, basically Pokemon enough. snap. And it was, and it had such a great ending too, because you know, as the, 
the guy introduces the mini game. You do it. You complete it. He's like, oh, yeah, there's other trolley rides you can do. There's harder courses, and you leave. And, of course, again, he's a guy on a trolley taking pictures, and the little girl's like, who's that man? And and her mom's like, oh, that's a sicko. <laughs> <laughs> so so <laughs> the humor's there. It's great. Yeah, this is funny. And then... <laughs> The other, the other one I wanted to focus on is the dating mini game. So this game has its own Tinder app in it, in which you create your own profile and you pick, you pick from jobs, you pick from what your interests are, and in kind of a really creepy way, you manipulate it to the other profile so that you're a better match. So if they're like, oh, yeah, I'm looking for someone that likes to gamble and likes to go out and drink and party, you're like, can manipulate That's your profile to, to say that you're those things. And then so you get into an actual like Tinder conversation with these people where you have to kind of remember what's on their profile. Keep up the act. Yeah. Remember what's on your profile. They'll, they'll ask you, oh, what do you do again? And you're like, oh, am I the doctor this time or am I the musician? I don't remember. Um and each of the responses uh, corresponds with you typing on a phone. So there's like a quick bu- amount of button presses that you have to do in a specific order yeah. and that timing. And so you keep doing this and doing this. And when you start getting to certain checkpoints, they start sending you sexy photos. And the sexy photos are real life pictures of oh, yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. Are they sexy? Some of them. Some of them are. <laughs> some of them are legit sexy. I'm not going to lie. I mean, for sure. But, but they don't show their faces. And so you'll do this, you'll do this, and what you're you're trying to do is you know work them up to go on a date, and uh, that's the the big reveal is are they are who they say they are, or are they someone completely different? Mm. So if there's someone completely different, you know the first one I had, he was this big fat sweaty nerd, uh, <laughs> and was it you? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, he looked just like me, uh, and you know Ichiban, you know freaked out there, and then the second one was an actual chicken. Using a phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this series is great. You, know, you, know, you never know. I mean, yeah, anyway, just donkeys, Yakuza videos are the best. I, I oh, yeah, and he's playing and he's already, he's been is. tweeting about it. Yeah, I'm excited to get to the other stuff in this game, uh, which is how I plan to cover this is probably just keep highlighting the weird stuff that I, yeah. that I come across as I play through this 100-hour game. But if you find a true, a, a true real person, there an act is an actual full motion video. You remember those videos that we were watching about mm-hmm. the other game, the mm-hmm. Hostess Club? Mm-hmm. They have a similar video here, and it and it's kind of weird. Yeah. Has your girlfriend <laughs> walked in yet? No. Okay. <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> nothing. Yeah, nothing. It's just like, and it took me by like surprise. No, no, look at it. it's the ninety on Oprah Critic. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> it took me by surprise too. I'm just like, I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, and then like they're talking to you, but you're not, your character's not talking back. So it's just like, it's really, really weird. And then they, you can look them up. They're, they're incredibly creepy, but you know, it's built into the game. And again, th- th- what other game is going to have stuff like this? And it's just, yeah. it's just one of uh, just such a small part. Like, I haven't gotten to the Sujimon battles in which you take the enemies of the game and battle them like Pokemon. Haven't gotten to that yet. We haven't gotten to it's Don Don to the Island or whatever. It's I forget how it's spelled, but there's a whole Animal Crossing island that you create buildings for. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, have yeah. people come to your island. And then yeah, there's and I'm assuming the sign in the game there's like a Facebook. And you just go up to people and you go, Aloha, and then they get added to your Facebook. And I've been 
I got like Aloha. yeah, I got like twenty friends on Facebook right now. So and I'm assuming that's going to tie <laughs> twenty old friends. Yeah, twenty old friends. Oh, well, there's only a hundred total in the game, but uh, I'm assuming all of these will build on each other. But uh, yeah, so far so good. I'm enjoying my time. It again, I did get the platinum in The Last of Us Part Two, and this is this is my reward. I get to nice. go to Hawaii and and relax and you know. Have you always said Hawaii in your whole life? I'm just curious. Why? Hawaii? 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 I'm sure I say it incorrectly. No, no, Hawaii. Hawaii I've, I've heard it that way. I've just, <laughs> you know, I, th- I feel like it's the lesser of the two. But that's so, cool. yeah, so this has been my gaming adventure, uh, which is, like I said, it was really nice to put The Last of Us Part Two down. You know, I love that game. We're going to have that bonus episode come, but, you know, <clears throat> to jump into, like, these three different games and, and, and enjoy my time with them all, even if I knew, like, um, you know, was foam stars. This is it, <laughs> you know, I'm done. Yeah. But it, it's it's cool. Like, this is a busy month of video games, and we're just getting started, you know. And I do want I do want to go back and touch on Suicide Squad. I want to touch on Skull and Bones and just what live service in general. Like, maybe that'll be a topic next week. But uh, but yeah, Like a Dragon so far so good. It's just I know I I've I've strapped in for an epic time commitment. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a that and Like a Dragon. The other one, Yakuza, I've, like a dragon. Yeah, you're stupid. <laughs> um, the only Yakuza game I've played was Yakuza Zero, and it was the same kind of experience where I was like, I went into it because I heard so many other people talk about it. And you're like, all right, well, let me see what this is about. Ended up being like, oh, I totally get why people love these. These are just so silly. Uh, in Yakuza Zero, there was a, a mission where you have to track down a panty thief. Yeah, and it was just shit like that, and you don't get that anywhere else. Um, I kind of feel like it's same way with like the uh, Plague Tale series, though. Where it's like, how am I gonna find the time? I don't know. If I, I really can, want you to play those games. I can live through it vicariously through you. But <laughs> well, f- kind of a little side note here. I was fucking around with the. Um, have you ever messed around with the game list function on PlayStation Five? I don't know if this was in a new firmware update or something, but I like just hit the options button and it said like add to list. And I was like, oh, let me just fuck around with this, right? It's kind of like the old folders. Yeah, PS4. yeah. So games you have installed. No, it doesn't even have to be games you haven't installed, just anything in your library. Okay. So it's super nice. So, like, you know how, like, when you go to your library, it, it just lists everything. You can either do, I think, like, your collection or PlayStation Extra. It, like, puts a little thing above that, like a bubble that's just, like, like I created a, a backlog folder. I picked 14 games. Oh, wow, you're... Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I picked, like, you know... the. Well, I'm the, saying we have an email later about this very subject. Should do, should do. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I made a little folder, and it's it's nice. You go over to your games, and it just highlights that. You pick that. I go to the 14 games I want, so I don't do the whole thing where I have to scroll through all 500. Um, but I did add the Plague Tale games into those. But, you know, we'll see. <sighs> yeah, but I know. But... You know, it, as as I mentioned many times throughout the show, Nick, it's a rare occasion that I actually have a full game to talk about as well. And it's a game that I've been talking about for months and months and months that keeps, getting, keeps getting interrupted by everything else because, you know, while I love this game, Last of Us 2 was more important, God of War Ragnarok was more important, so it is what it is. But, Nick, I am at the precipice of finally beating... The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Um, you know, one of the very yay. best. Yay. yay! One of the very best games that came out last year. Sequel to the Breath of the Wild. Um, so, yeah, just want to kind of word vomit a lot of my thoughts about it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm at the point in the game where I feel absolutely confident to speak to the game in its entirety. You know, I, I'm basically at Ganondorf's. No spoilers, because everybody knows Ganondorf is the main villain in all the Zelda games. But I want to kind of start 
and this might seem backwards, but I want to kind of start with the negatives just because there's so many good positives, obviously, right? Um, so hmm. first, and I want to just get these out of the way. Um, I think that the game is graphically, it, we fe- I feel it. I really do feel it. You know, the Switch is, is a seven-year-old console at this point. Um, it doesn't look horrible. You know, the art style does a lot of the heavy lifting, but even putting it in dock mode, you can see rough edges everywhere. The draw distances aren't great. So uh, I don't need to linger on that because it doesn't detract from the gaming experience at all, but I'm so ready for a Switch 2. I'll just say <laughs> yeah. that. Like, I, it, it's I time. I think we all are. It's definitely time. Um, one of the big factors that people were looking to... Um, I think fix with Breath of the Wild was the dungeons, right? The, the Breath of the Wild had the divine beasts, which I think people were hoping for a better uh, full temple system like you had in a lot of the other Zelda games. And while this one definitely addressed that, I still think it's lacking. You know, they replaced the divine beasts, put in four main temples that uh, function around the, the different elements, the fire temple, the lightning temple, air temple, um, and... Water? Water. And they're kind of just... You, you go to the temple and they're like, hey, there's five levers you have to hit and then it unlocks the final boss and that's kind of it. And it just, it just feels, again, kind of phoned, phoned in. Uh, enemy variety, I was w- very underwhelmed. It just feels like basically you're fighting either a goblin, a, hob- a ho- horoblin, a moblin, um, or like a big, big dude. Like, that's one of the things that I kind of, obviously playing through this game, the biggest point of comparison besides Breath of the Wild is Elden Ring, right? I think those are kind of the two games that are really attempting this discoverability of the open world. And <clears throat> one of the biggest pluses on Elden Ring, I think that Elden Ring has on this game is like, and I don't want to ever take it for granted again, it's just from software enemy design is just unbelievable. And I think that this game really could have taken an, a, a page or two out of that where... Every single enemy, it's, it's like, this is a small version of the enemy, this is a medium version of the enemy, this is a large version of the enemy. Small guys do the same thing as the medium guys, medium guys do the same thing as the large guys. It's just about how much time you have to hit them. And then when you combine that with, like, you know, the weapon system that all just kind of feel like just different, the same thing but different numbers, it, it just kind of got a little bit repetitive. Um, hmm. But that's not to say that this game isn't fucking incredible. It's a five out of five through and through, and that's because of a couple things, right? You can't talk about this game without talking about the, um, I guess, skills that you, that you acquire, namely the Ultra Hand system, the Fuse system, the Ascend system, and the Rewind system. I'm not exaggerating when I say that this is probably the single greatest mechanics that's ever been worked into a video game. Uh, I kind of talked about that on the, on the podcast in the past, but sitting down with it and really uh, abs- absorbing yourself into it and not playing the game alongside another one really kind of just solidified how special that world is because of this system. The idea that you can just combine things to make vehicles, to produce new weapons, to solve puzzles in ways that the developers had absolutely no idea that you were going to solve it that way, but having it work, right, is nothing short of miraculous in any way, shape, or form. Like, this, this game is a five out of five with just that system in it for me. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's, it's weird because I would say it's not always the most fun. Like, there's some times it gets a little frustrating when you want it to do a certain thing. The physics don't cooperate with you. But just the idea, like, I had a puzzle that I was fucking around with last night where I had, like, this single rail, 
and I had to take a large ball and get it across the rail to another platform. And you look around, okay, there's a piece of wood over here, there's like a, a beam over there. And I basically just created this cube with one little area <laughs> that I could slot it onto the rail. Then I stuck the ball on the outside of it and it just went, it bounced itself around, but it got down there. And like that level of freedom is so, so special. Um, so, I, you know, anybody who knows about this game knows that that's probably the bi biggest selling point. And I'm here to say it's amazing. Um, other things that, you know, I think go without saying, the world is shockingly good. Um, it's weird though. Like when I was going through this game, I almost had this like feeling that it's a little bit empty, but it's when you realize that how well they hide things and how well that they like put little, little secrets here, a character over here that's going to give you a quest, a character that's hidden underneath, you know, a, a Korok seed where you see these random like rock circles and you got to place the rock circle in the middle. You get a Korok. Just the sense of discovery is, is second to none with the exception of maybe Elden Ring. Um, that's not to say it doesn't get a little much. Um, I, I took a little bit of time to look this up. There's 152 shrines, 900 Korok seeds, 60 side adventures, 139 side quests. Don't ask me what the difference between an adventure and a quest is. I don't know. 120 light roots, 18 glyphs, 147 bubble gems. It, it just, you know, I think I showed you a picture of the map the other day. And it's, it's one of those where you just look at it and you just kind of shake it, your head and laugh. We keep, we keep going to this point of like the, the video game industry is not sustainable and I'm, I'm zeroing in on the scope of video games. You know, with Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth being 100 hours, with everything you're saying about how many missions, how many collectibles, you could half all of those numbers. Mm -hmm. And it would still feel too much. And it would feel too much. And I know that that's sacrilege, right? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. we, we expect a lot from our $70 games, but I still think that's how you fix this industry. Mm -hmm. And... And I think that, as, you, as you're saying, that is a negative point. That's too much. It too, is too, too, too much. much. Yep, it is. Um, but something's got to give, man. I mean, there's that famous that famous quote that's like, you can have something fast, cheap, and good, but you can or you can only pick two, right? right? Fast, cheap, and good. And I'm sure there's a three thing equivalent in the video game industry. You can have scope. Um, graphics and I don't know length of r release to release and or pay more. I, you know, there's you, you know what I'm saying, but right. uh, yeah, something's got to give. Um, also, with this game, I gotta say, I, I was shockingly surprised by the story. Um, just to touch upon what I said a little bit earlier, I did this game a major disservice, I think, by trying to play it alongside other things. I thought that being that it was a Switch game it filled this certain spot in my life where if I can't play on my PlayStation, I can at least play this. And by doing that, it just really kind of kept taking me out of it, right? As you could imagine, I wasn't getting absorbed in the story. I wasn't getting absorbed in any specific task that I had. And the game really suffered. But after beating The Last of Us 2 and sitting with this game all weekend, dude, all I can think about is just going in and, like, I, I pulled up a YouTube video. I got all the glyphs. And then I'm like, all right, I want to get all the shrines now, which just is an insane thing to even say. Um, but... It's, it's good enough where I want to, with the exception of the Korok seeds. The Korok seeds can get fucked. I, I don't understand how anybody can do <laughs> 900 Korok seeds. Um, but the story, it's like, I've never been into any Zelda story, honestly. Like, I know there's people that think, oh, the lore is amazing and all this stuff. Like, I am not that guy. But the small story that they did tell of this, like, multi-timeline thing going on, by the end of it, 
um, was really engaged and uh, thought it was pretty cool. So I, I didn't kind of expect that angle, but that's to say this is absolutely no fucking God of War Ragnarok. This is yeah. no Last of Us. This is not even a Spider-Man 2. And that's where I think this, the kind of... Well, should Link talk is, is the question, right? He does. He goes, yeah. Yeah, well, you <laughs> no, know, I, have conversations. Yeah. And, and, I, and I agree. I think, like, I think the story is typically serviceable to get to great set pieces, great individual moments. But I, I, like you said, I think most of it is just the, you're just on an adventure. Yeah. You know, everything is there to get you going on your adventure. Oh, and boy, do you feel and, like you're on an adventure. <laughs> like, and that's, and that's great. But, you know, I guess so. I guess where I want to kind of leave it is like, again, this is a five out of five for me. I, I think you'd be insane to rate it anything else. But, I do think that this franchise does get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt more than most. I think everybody's just like, oh, 10 out of 10, it's amazing. It's incredible. But like graphics aren't great. Um, story's fine. It's serviceable. Um, the combat is really deep, but also it's just, there were so many times during this game that I would just like accidentally hit the wrong button because there's so many things and it's like, and then the enemy hits me and all my hearts go away immediately. And it just gets frustrating. Again, when you combine that, the enemy variety isn't there. Um, the weapon system, while being really cool that you can fuse everything, also does just event inevitably turn into a, okay, do you have a short sword, a long sword, or a spear? And then what's the level of thing that you attach to it? That's your skill, your damage output. And it gets it gets a little samey. But I also, at the same time, I have seen people go on like and do the rewind and then do slow-mo here and then do this and then use that physics. And so it's like that depth is there if you want it. It's just really a little too inaccessible for me. And that might be... A lot, you know, there might be a couple things that I feel like are a little inaccessible. Also, the, the with the sorry, I'm rambling here. Um, the as well, I would say like time, right? Like your one of your biggest thing is this time, and when you're talking about experimentation and seeing a, a thing, a puzzle or an enemy, and being like, I I, I just want to play with my food here, yeah, and come up with crazy weapons and come up and experiment and create a giant robot mech that walks across the map it's like you don't have time for that and mm -hmm. and and, th and I the same way that that stuff just stresses me out that that freedom like I like I like a little more linear game design you know I don't like you know I didn't do fallout settlement building and stuff like that and I think you're the mm -hmm. same way yeah it's like it's cool that this is here but I'm just gonna hit him with the master sword and I'm just yep. that's it you nailed it <laughs> um the, I, I wish that's that's kind of what I'm getting at I wish the game reined you in a bit, right? Like I am at the end of the game. I have never built a vehicle and attached a weapon to it and had it spin around and hit a bunch of bad right. guys. I've never built a flying thing that zo like scanned over a encampment and laser shot, uh, all that stuff. That stuff, it's great that it's there, but I wish the game kind of either made you do that stuff a little bit more or I don't know, f uh, figure it out. But the, the, that was kind of the quest system as a whole. Like I mentioned, Nick, I read off there are 139 side quests and 60 side adventures in this game. I've maybe come across 10 of them organically, and they're not listed on the map anywhere. You just right. basically come up to an NPC, and there's going to be a little red bubble. And that's cool. It, it allows you to explore. It allows you to adventure. But when you have the time constraint, <laughs> sometimes you just wish you could hit a button that goes... Here's all the quests. Go find them. Here's all where the shrines are. Go do them. Accessibility options. You know, like big. that stuff is is nice. Um, but uh, yeah, it's great though. Like <laughs> I, I, I mean, I have I do have the urge. Like I said, I want to keep going, even though I'm almost done with it. 
Um, I always, almost always like to have a side switch game, and so I might keep chipping a side away. piece, a little yeah, a little side bitch. Um, you know, so I might keep chipping away at it, but um, like you said, monkey off my back. That was a big one. I t- this was my this year's version of Elden Ring where I finally got through that last year. Now I finally threw that this year, this one this year, and um, yeah, I'm and I'm and I'm curious. I'm curious what they're going to do with the future of this franchise because. You know, this was famously some DLC that they turned into basically a full-fledged new game, similarly to probably what's happening with Elden Ring right now. <laughs> um, but you can't do that again. You can't use the same map again. But this style is so successful. Breath of the Wild was rated IGN's best game of all time, and then they go, yeah, but this one's better. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, how do you not pursue that? You'd be stupid not to. So curious to see what the franchise does in the future, um, but I would highly recommend this game to really anybody. Um, yeah. it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I think like you said, all those like core abilities that you get are are gonna are gonna return. And yeah, maybe Ultra Hands is too good not to. And maybe an art direction change, and you know, like like, like we know, though. like we know, a movie is coming. Like it's true, a, a game that is more in what they want from that, and we assume that it's live action. Link's gonna talk. Like maybe it's time. Yeah, and yeah. if there's any any uh, team out there that I am trustworthy to just go full nuclear on something and blow it up and redesign it and yeah. make it good, it's Nintendo. <laughs> It'll they'll, be fine. They'll figure it out. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Oh, also, the map system's so good in this game. The idea that you can just pull out a little binocular, see a thing in the distance, mark it, go into your map, change it to whatever you want, populate your own map, Mwah, so good. <laughs> I digress. Anyway. All right. So, I think that's it for games. We finally did it. We did finally do it. We finally, <laughs> finally played some games. So, so we're so it's perfect time because I think the email is kind of related to the position you're in right now. Sure is. So, <laughs> from Jesse, as you can write in at, uh, let's see if I can do this. Um, between the joysticks at gmail.com. Yeah, you write go. in if you have any questions, <laughs> comments, concerns, thoughts, and ideas. I did steal that from Sacred Symbols. It would just roll off my tongue. I am sorry, but. From pal of the show, Jesse, we got an email. Hey, guys, how are you doing? I hope this gets to you before you record the next episode, but I wanted to ask you how you deal with your backlog. My current backlog, as it stands, has over 100 games with that includes Jeez. small titles such as The Witcher 3, Persona 5, Elden Ring, the Final Fantasy franchise, Metal Gear Solid franchise, and much more. It's all overwhelming, and I have no idea where to even begin, <laughs> but I just want to consume it all at once. Any tips or ideas on where to begin? Thanks, Jesse. Catching up is hard. It is so hard. Catching up, like as, that, is a position again. As we talked about in the beginning of the show, is like I've been gaming for so long without even like a year break that I really don't play catch up outside of like a few games a year that I miss. You know, I cleaned up Diablo Four late last year. You know, so I don't run into this situation very often. In fact, my backlog is probably three to four games right now. Like, I want to play Death Stranding. I want to play Disco Elysium. I want to play Dankenrampa. Have you seen what you've done, Jake? Have you see what you've done? <laughs> Dankenrampa 3. And that's kind of it. Like, I, well, well, Persona 3 Reload. It, it, it grows, as the, obviously, as the year continues. But if I run. Yeah. <laughs> well, <of> the kingdom. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, we did tackle this a while ago. We did tackle this in episode 38 of our show, back when we were PlayStation Pals. Oh, so long, 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 long ago. Four score and seven and, days uh, ago when we were PlayStation Pals. And uh, I think we, we boiled it down to a this or that. Like, pick two games, 
Now, I'm, I'm sure there might be a site that might do this for you. You just put all your games in there and just start going this or that and just keep picking until you're, you, see, you see yourself picking the same game over and over and over again, especially with how many games you're talking, like 100. I don't see how else you can do this because in my – when I usually look at games, I usually try to look like look for like palate cleansers. Mm-hmm. Like I usually don't want to jump into, you know – I wouldn't go if I'm John. I'm not going to The Last of Us Part Two into a Plague Tale. That would be like the vibe is so similar that it it just you're gonna feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so that's why I was like, oh, I want to play Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. That's the next game. Uh, so I don't know about you, John, and how you plan to tackle your current backlog. Yeah, I I am much more like you, Jesse. I am I am. Uh, Mr. FOMO. If something comes out, it gets a 90. I just I don't care if it's a genre I don't like. I'm I want to check it out. Um, but I think it just is simply going to come down to finding out what works for you. And I'll get more into that because that seems like such a cop out answer. But for me personally, right? Similarly to Nick, I like to. I live by the creed, variety is the spice of life. That is, that is me personally. I take that into music, movies, anything I do. Um, you know, I like to keep it moving and not stay in the same lane. So, yeah, if I just finished up a, a shooter, I probably I don't want to play another shooter. I want to go to a platforming indie game or something like that or a JRPG. Um, you know, and I also just kind of, and then I do the this or that thing. Um, but I also think you need to not be afraid about starting something and then maybe going, this isn't for me right now. Like what I right. usually do is I pick maybe, you know, I do the this or that thing to whittle it down into a small group of games. And then I maybe check them out all out for a little bit of time to see if anything sticks. Because in my experience for me, I usually know within 15 to 20 minutes if this is the gameplay experience I'm looking for. And you got to make sure that you get through any introductions and, and tutorials and things like that so you can get a good flavor for it. But like right now, personally, as just as I just finished The Last of Us 2 and I'm about to be done with Tears of the Kingdom, which I kind of played in tandem, I'm looking for a new game to play. Um, and... I was looking at Tales of Arise, like is weirdly one that's like speaking to me now. I'm not saying that's what I'm going to play, but I'm looking for something brighter, more colorful, more lighthearted, not so serious, JRPGs, maybe some swords and some magic. And I think, you know, you just kind of have to approach it that way. So like your list, right? You got The Witcher, Persona 5, Elden Ring, Final Fantasy, Metal Gear Solid. If you break those games down... I think they're all wildly different with maybe the exception of The Witcher 3 and Elden Ring. I think those two can kind of fulfill in the same genre, but like you got a long JRPG, you got a more traditional JRPG, you got an espionage game with shooting, and then you got more of your open world, um, you know, go explore things. So I think you just need to do the this or that, find out what works for you. But my last piece of recommendation is whenever you decide to make the game your game, more so with than with a new current release, you gotta go hard. You gotta go hard to really kind of just it. get through it because you're gonna find yourself more distracted easily, like I keep doing, right? The Last of Us 2 comes out and I go, well, I gotta play this now, and then I put something on a back burner. You really need to kind of like, if you're gonna approach Persona 5, do it. Like, do it hard and really try to absorb yourself in it, right? I don't know if, uh, is Je- Jesse, Jesse's a trophy guy, right? Yeah. I think he's a trophy yeah, guy. Yeah, he's, he's second place. Yeah, so, you know, whether it's 
Um, oh, figure, he's first place. I'm sorry, he's first right now. As of right now, he's first. The disrespect. <laughs> uh, you know, you know. Figure violence. out like, is this uh, is this a game that I can just kind of follow a trophy guide through real quick and watch some YouTube videos and crush it out? I don't know if you like to consume things that way, but um, at the end of the day, take take your big pie, <laughs> whittle it down, whittle it down, whittle it down, whittle it down, whittle it down until you have something very manageable, and then kind of, I think just I think I think you'll find that. You're going to know. Your gut's going to tell you what to play at the given moment. I am a lot worse, though, when it comes to, like, really old backlog games. Like, I've been telling myself I'm going to play Corona Trigger for 10 years now. <laughs> and it's, I think I've kind of realized that's never going to happen. So you do have to be a little bit judicious and realize that this isn't, these aren't all going to happen. Um, and to just kind of take it one step at a time. And I uh, hope that helps. Yeah, and always consider time. Like, if you're going back, like, Older titles, especially a lot of them, are short. Like yeah. Metal Gear One, Metal Gear Solid One is short. You can do it on a weekend. Yep. So, you know, if you got other games coming out, newer releases that you're looking forward to, like, you know, I like I probably should have thought about this with Lego Dragon Infinite Wealth. Like, I'm probably gonna have to put that on the back burner when Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is I usually have a good time in my head, time frame <laughs> of like when the next thing is right. So yeah. like I. As of today, at the time of recording, 17 days. I got 17 days until Rebirth comes out. Um, you know, if it's a side game like a Switch, maybe I don't pause it. But like, I don't, I don't. I was gonna start Diablo Four. I don't think I'm gonna do that right now because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to. I don't know. Bounce around with it, but it's a hard question, man. It's it's different strokes for different folks. Um, you know, Nick makes me mad so much every once in a while because yeah, he doesn't do the thing where he just builds up his backlog and he's like fine letting things go and that, that's a skill in of itself um yeah and there's always come back to it you know i famously last year i had to drop resident evil 4 because i love persona 5 and then i dropped Baldur's gate 3 because cyberpunk and spider-man happened and then i couldn't get back into Baldur's gate 3 and not that i'll ever go back but you know don't be afraid to, to let a game go you know yeah. even even if don't get into like sunken costs, like, oh, I already put in 30 hours, but man, is this a slog, and I just, I'm not enjoying it. Time to drop it. Life is too short to play games that you don't like either, so. It's a hard, that's, that's a, that is a hard one, too, because, like, I, I get, I get into that, where it's like, well, I bought this, and I've already mm-hmm. done 10 hours, and you start hate playing something, and that's, we've all been there. Yeah. Don't, don't yeah. go there, Jesse. So, uh, let us know, let us know what you decide. I mean, you know, I know you're a current gamer too, but like, that's a fucking banger of a list of games. I'd, I'd be curious, or you can just, you know, forego, uh, you know, reason and curse yourself to the gods and do the wheel of destiny like we used to do and yeah. see what the wheel decides you play. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. but that's, uh, you know, that's a little, that's a little more risky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's- you're a gambling man. Yes. All right, Nick. Well, we've uh, exhausted all of our gaming, all of our emails. <laughs> it's time to do the tried true thing, getting back into the Battle Royale of round two. This week, we have the matchups of 2B, my beloved 2B versus Aloy from the Horizon Forbidden West series uh, versus Sub-Zero, or I'm sorry, and then we have Sub-Zero versus, I can't remember who you have, Doom Guy. <laughs> Doom Guy. Um, so... Couple, couple heavy hitters in this week. Um, I believe I went first last well, week. Before we get into that, last week. Oh right, we have results. <laughs> we had Dante versus Ratchet, with Dante coming out on top, and then Solid Snake and Sora tied. So expect that poll to be out again. You're letting me down, listeners. Really, yeah, Sora? 
Yeah, that's Nick's boy. Uh, well, at least at least it is a tie. I mean, I'm sure you have Will on your side. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I don't. I don't remember. It was. Uh, I think. I think it's my turn to pick, and then you go first. Okay. You pick the matchup. I go first. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Let's just stick with. We'll go with uh, Doom Guy versus Sub Zero again. John is representing Sub Zero. I'm representing Doom Guy. All right. This round. All right, Nick. Well, we're gonna start off with the. Expl- tra- actually, one second. Oh. Explain how it works, because again, new oh. new show. Sure, sure, sure. So uh, about four months ago, I had the brilliant idea to uh, create this character battle royale where Nick and I are going to go head-to-head champion a fighter uh, and have them go head-to-head, have users vote on the winner, and then we kind of just keep going until we whittle it down to one. Uh, For round one, we just did a straight-up one-minute argument compared to another one minute argument and we we you know let the let the audience decide uh, for round 2 we've employed a pokemon-esque style uh, combat system where we basically have three moves selected we employ our three moves against each other uh, you know maybe they have something to do with the person we're going against maybe we're just trying to be funny because you know this is silly in and of itself but right. <laughs> but um, yeah and then everybody votes and and we're going to see what we uh, who we have coming out on top um, did I miss anything? That's it. That's everything. Right? Oh, uh, and who we represent is chosen at random currently. So. Yes. All right. So for Sub Zero, we're going to get it started off with a tried and true method ice ball. All right. There's very few ways that uh, Sub Zero can attack, and all of them involve <laughs> ice freezing. So uh, Doom Guy is famously very fast. He moves around the battlefield. He's going to just forget that that slow moving ice ball is just there and it's going to get him. <laughs> it's going to freeze him up. All right. Doom guy is gonna uh, employ his Praetor suit. This is the suit he wears throughout every Doom game, and this suit is impressive in itself. But one thing it did did in the Doom 2016 game is it withstood absolute zero temperatures, and since Sub Zero is heavily reliant on freezing, mm. uh, this is this is gonna prove a problem for him. Sure, sure. Well. Luckily, Sub Zero is kind of under the assumption, assumption that Doom Guy is going to attack him next. So he hits backwards on the controller and blocks. You can't hit him when he's blocking. <laughs> he's, he's holding back, dude. Nothing Doom Guy can do in Damn. that scenario. And he's, cr- oh, he's crouching, too. He's crouching and blocking. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Good <laughs> checkmate. <laughs> yeah, because you can't stop it. Someone can just block and the game matches over. Like, you can't, you can't get through it. Nope. You'll just wait for the timer to go down in a Mortal Kombat game. All right, so Doom Guy's gonna he's gonna go into his pocket for some power ups. You know he has access to haste, quad damage, and invulnerability. I think any of those will win in this situation. So they're chosen at random. This move picks one of those uh, spears at random. So cocky, that's cocky. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well I, I bet you didn't see this one coming, Nick. Okay. All right, so right. Sub Zero knows that the cards are stacked against him. He knows that this is a lopsided fight, so he uses. The friendship. He brings <laughs> he brings out an Good ice one. cream truck Good and he one. gives ice creams to everybody Aww. because Doom Guy can't kill and rip and tear when there's lollipops <laughs> and ice creams for everybody. So he he tries to become friends and nobody fights. Everybody wins. Yeah. Well, he better hope that works because <laughs> the Doom Guy he's got he's got his ultimate and that's the BFG nine thousand. Uh, if you don't know what BFG stands for, that's a big fucking gun. Uh, this is one of the most iconic weapons in all of video games. A giant weapon that shoots a giant green, green orb that 
just brings destruction to everything it hits. So you're gonna destroy. You better hope, better hope. Don't destroy the ice creams. <laughs> you better hope that friendship works. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right. So then you get to go first for this one. Yep. All yep. right. Two B versus. Aloy, Aloy of the Horizon franchise versus 2B of Near Automata. All right. First up, Aloy is going to deploy her shield weave armor. This is the ultimate armor from Horizon uh, Zero Dawn, which creates a force field around her, absorbing any damage that would be inflicted on her. Uh, you know, after the shields do drop, if, if 2B manages to inflict some damage, they do regenerate. It's the best armor in the game. All right. Well, similarly... 2B is going to use pod program R070, the M shield, <laughs> which is a deploys a protective barrier that blocks all projectile attacks. Uh, and you can charge this skill to increase its duration. <laughs> all right. All right. Next up, Aloy is going to use her rope caster. This weapon shoots, hooks, and ties down its opponent. She's going to shoot, hook, and tie 2B down. And it's going to get. It's going to get. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting sweaty over here. Well, uh, tied down, tied down two B, two B with Aloy. Uh, I don't know. Well, everyone will be distracted. So everybody wins. Yeah, everybody wins. Everybody so, wins. but uh, there you go. All right. Well, two B uh, has one of the most OP moves in video game history, which is just her invincibility dash. Uh, if she's getting hit with anything, she can dash through it. She can dash around it. She basically moves at the speed of light. She dodges those rope casters. No, no way you're getting hit with those. But that's what we all want. Everybody That wins. is true. Maybe, oh, no. Oh, she got hit for five seconds. Oh, no. All right. Finally, Aloy. She has a lot of experience with robots and, and stuff like that. So she has this uh, staff called Silence Lance. This is a weapon that she can use to physically hit and shock her targets. But it, what is its best feature? Its ability to hack machines and to be being a machine is very hackable. Very hackable, sure, sure. Well, luckily, Tubi has the black box detonation. Yeah, I knew this you was knew coming. that was coming. It's 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 kind of an it's it's over, folks. It's basically launching like ten nuclear bombs at one time. You go dink with the corner of a black box, everything explodes, Aloy's world ends. But luckily for Tubi, her she is stored in the mainframe of Yorha. She can download her consciousness. She can employ another body. Uh, and so the black box detonation wall I thought. Uh, was the end of the game when I played Nier Automata. No, not at all. Not a big deal. That's true. That's not a true. big deal. It's a twist. Yes. Unless you, what, self-destruct on the, the, the ship? Yeah, I, I, I did that. Um, <laughs> well, there, there's that, and there's also, I don't know if maybe it's the same thing you're talking about, like five minutes into the game, there's just uh, like a, a catwalk that you walk down. You're supposed to go right, but I went left, and it's like the game just ends. So like <laughs> 2B, it's, it says I'm like 2B foregoes her responsibilities and the world ends or something like that. Um, but yes. All right. There we go. There we go. All right. And so versus 2B. For our next week's matchup for round two, I go first. My fighter, first fighter, Big Daddy and Little Sister. Oh, don't know. Dang. That's a good one. Versus Fox McCloud. Oh boy. <laughs> I think he's our, our one. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> our one Nintendo character that made it out of round around uh, round, round one. Link. You got Link. Oh, uh, okay. 
All right. That's good. Quite a good call, though. That's the end. Not a lot. All right. And then for matchup number two, I have Ezio. Ezio? Versus Richter Belmont. Not bad. Oh, okay. Okay. Of the Castlevania franchise. Ezio think, of the Assassin's Creed franchise. Yeah, Fox was the only character that I represented last round, so everyone else is... Like only Nintendo shit. character? Or no, Nintendo? no. We argued... For, oh, I, mean, I see what you're saying. I argued yeah, 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 for yeah. Fox before. Gotcha. Everyone else is new to us. Gotcha. So. Cool. All right. So, again, those polls will be live at, at Joysticks Pod on Twitter. So go there if you want to vote or just email in at betweenthejoysticks at gmail.com. All right, so so that's it. You got any teases? Teases? Uh, Xbox. Xbox. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we gotta we gotta do our Last of Us two spoiler cast. Um, that's something that you yeah, know we really gotta work on that. Yeah, we gotta work on that. I think the Xbox news kind of uh, just surprised us a little bit in terms of like this is obviously the most important thing going right now so we're going to kind of I think divert most of our attention till that until we get more clarity from Phil so I would probably expect a Last of Us 2 episode at some point next week oh uh, wow Okay. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think we can do it. I mean, you know, if 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 something comes up and we we can't get it done for you guys, like we said this last week, but this is this is one that we really want to make sure we do it right. Right. The mm-hmm. Last of Us Two, our second highest rated game of all time for the place. We have to watch Grounded. We have to watch Grounded, <laughs> which is the making of the Last of Us Two. So we got to do that. Um, but we're going to be working on getting that out. Um, and. I flirted with this idea with Nick. I haven't quite landed on it yet, but like I mentioned, I'm I'm looking for my next kind of meaty game, and I don't know if the wheel is ready to make an appearance or not. Um, I kind of don't want to because I like to be in my own control of my own destiny, but it might be necessary. Yeah. I'm feeling a little uninspired. Yeah. Uh, finishing um, big games will always leave you feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah, so. so we'll see. But uh, no, I mean, I like I said, I got my final boss with Zelda. She'll be done. That's all I can think of. All right. What about you? No, I I, I want to talk live service games. I want to talk Suicide Squad. You know, it, it came in kind of win, and then again, yeah. all this craziness has happened. Yeah. So, so that's out there. And then yeah, I'll continue chugging away at Like a Dragon, and. That's probably about it. Well, and I have floated this. I I floated it like like as floaty as you can float an idea. But Helldivers too. It's just it's getting such good buzz over the weekend, and I know I'm the linchpin with all these things. But it would be a ton of fun to to play that together. But you know, maybe I got to <laughs> see if I can convince Kylie to just go away for a week. <laughs> she is going to Tennessee in uh, in first week of March. So, but I'll have the kids. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't and, know. and Rebirth will be out. And Rebirth will be out. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Again, uh, again, if this Xbox news is is huge, you know, expect us another bonus episode in the feed because we'll have to talk about it. It'll just, I mean, we're talking, again, as, as we mentioned multiple times, just an industry shift as one of the big players is doing something completely different. So. Right. All right. And also, did you know, John? It is the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy VIII. Triple try it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did not know that. Did you play it? No. Ah, okay. No, the first Final Fantasy game I ever, like, played to completion was 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah, Final Fantasy VIII is a game I bounced off so many times because of the draw mechanic. Have you ever heard of that? Is that no? Where you Maybe. don't you don't you don't have Fira or Cura. You draw it from your enemies and you like stock it up like an item. Ew. Yeah. I mean, they have like things like that in ten, but it's definitely not the primary way to do it. Yeah. So you basically you just have to waste a whole turn just doing that <laughs> like all the time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I always, I've always bounced off that one. Eight is definitely the redheaded stepchild of the Final Fantasy series. I feel like with you know I don't really count like three and two. Like I don't nobody really thinks about. It. But like that's the one. But it's uh, got the gun blade. <laughs> it does have the gun blade and triple triad. <laughs> and why am I bringing that up? Well, also it is the 25th anniversary, but also because it's going to be our song, and it's it's of course it's battle music, which is "Don't Be Afraid" again by famed uh, composer Nobuo Umatsu. You know, he's been featured on our show multiple times, but perfect timing to do this. 25 years. Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah. It means all the other ones are older. So we've gotten <laughs> another... Yeah, and so we just got another eight. So we got... Okay, so Final, when did Final Fantasy VIII, the first one, come out? <laughs> Sorry. Oh boy, here we go. I'm a little distracted. <laughs> Final Fantasy I. 1987. So they, they released eight of them from 87 to, what, 98? Sure. And then we got another eight, 25 more years. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's game development for you. So. so, all right. Again, thank you for listening. We are Between the Joysticks. And, of course, we will be back next week with six more things. But maybe, probably in a few days talking about Xbox. So Definitely. stay tuned. Definitely. Love you guys. Bye. Peace.